The year is 1993, and the third film based on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is released in theaters. Some say it's the most embarrassing outing featuring the heroes in a half shell, but does it truly deserve that reputation? I'm Travis Kirkland. And I'm Luana Sainter. And this is Defend Your Trash Movie. Welcome back to another fine edition of Defend Your Trash Movie, the podcast that examines bad movies and misrepresented films to see if they're actually good. You know what, Luana? I am I am definitely not the first one to bring this up, but it's funny to me how oftentimes you'll watch a movie, especially if it's a scene involving food. And it will just make you hungry. And, you know, of course, probably people have brought up, you know, Studio Ghibli movies or films that, you know, are about cooking and whatnot, how it makes them hungry. But then I don't know about you, and maybe it's just me because I'm a I'm a hungry food monster a lot of the time. But I remember I was rewatching Spider-Man No Way Home on digital and there's the scene where uh, Peter, MJ, and Ned are all uh, opening up their MIT letters in the yeah, coffee the donut shop, shop in the yeah. donut shop yeah. that yeah, MJ right. works. And it's unremark and the and the scene itself is kind of unremarkable in that like the donut shop is just some rinky dink whatever anonymous donut shop, one of like hundreds you can find in New York. And yet I remember watching that scene and being like, man. I could really go for like two donuts and a cup of coffee right now. Just seeing that setting, and it just reminds me of man. Just again, like the scene isn't you know shot or lit to display any of the coffee or the donuts. The camera never focuses on things, but yet that setting reminded me of like, oh man, yeah, some donuts and a cup of coffee. That just sounds like such a reliable pleasant thing i wish i could experience that right now have you ever had like things like that happen to you um oh yeah absolutely but um it is it is kind of odd that you had that during that particular scene in no way home because it's not like you know you uh, referenced studio ghibli movies where you know food is shot lovingly and the preparation of it yeah. is shown in detail mm-hmm. and whatnot but here it's literally just thing that's happening mm-hmm. in the background so I wonder what the magic element there was for you to get all. Uh... I wonder if it's like the coziness of it, like the coziness right. of routine and reliability. Because it, it this reminds me of another thing. Uh, during the big pandemic lockdown of 2020, uh-huh. when everyone was staying inside their homes, I recall, I forget what I was watching. But I remember I was watching a movie where the character was in a diner and the, and they had in front of them a plate of pancakes and a cup of coffee. And I recall, again, this is in the middle of pandemic lockdown. Everything's shut down. Everyone's got to stay inside. And I just remember thinking, oh, man, 
what I would not give to just be in some whatever diner and just have like a stack of pancakes and a regular ass cup of coffee. Like again, it's such a a non-special, normal thing, but there's a comfortableness to it that I miss and I crave. Um, so maybe that's it. Maybe that's it because it is, maybe it's like. I mean, obviously, again, I like I said, I, I'm always a hungry food monster many times. Uh, so I just always want food. But I think it's like there's that 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 thing that kind of I mean, that's why there's the term comfort food mm-hmm. that that it brings sort of these certain uh, serotonin fueled memories or experiences. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And. Um- yeah, I guess I could see that. Uh, you know, you, you mentioning the pandemic, I think the last time that I really had that in a non-Ghibli movie was Harley Quinn's egg sandwich. You know? Oh, man, this is a... Yeah, listeners, I hope you're listening to this in the morning because we're doing some serious <laughs> breakfast, breakfast talk here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's a delicious... Uh, yeah, the the uh bodega egg breakfast sandwich oh my goodness and birds of prey that that is a delicious looking i've started food. i've started uh, <laughs> i've started putting it in my own food prep rotation like uh once every couple of weeks i have a similar egg sandwich do you also uh put the hint of arm hair from the cook that uh I believe Harley Quinn also highlights it in the uh, movie. Well, I'm Italian, so, you know, you should just assume that anything I cook has a hint of arm <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Look, look listeners. Uh, again, I think we – it's uh, this breakfast. It's, it, it is is – uh, I love – I got to say it. I'm sorry. This this is controversial. I love breakfast food. Oh yeah, absolutely. It. Whenever whenever someone mentions a full English, I'm like, oh fuck, I could eat a full English right now, whatever time of day it is. God damn. Yeah. I mean, I love it when like you go to restaurants or any place and they have like 24 hour like breakfast menus or like breakfast menu that extends into like lunch. Oh and wait, dinner seriously? Hours. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. I think because people just love breakfast. I mean, come on. Who wouldn't want a pancake at uh, 3 o'clock? <laughs> I suppose that's true. I've just never seen it. I, I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's why you live I've in I've never America. seen the wild. But it's true, Luan. It's true. <laughs> They're out there. You just need to seek out your 3 p.m. pancake. <laughs> well, you know, that's the, okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that needs to be a mantra. Uh, to encourage people to live out their lives is to seek, seek out, out your, your 3 p.m. <laughs> yeah, instead of live, love, life, uh, or whatever that is, we need like a a, a, a pink uh, a pink thing that's etched into it <laughs> that that says like you know search out for your own 3 p.m. pancake. <laughs> you know, and I hope uh, ooh, I hope uh, every I hope every listener finds their 3 p.m. pancake, whatever that may mm-hmm. be. You know, whether it be a pancake or whatever time it is at 3 p.m. But you know what? We don't have all the time in the world to talk about pancakes and all the breakfast stuff. We have a movie to discuss. And a movie as familiar and comforting as a good donut and coffee. Or at least it should be. It should be. Yeah. Well, we'll see how this pizza pie turns (laughs) out with... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. 16th century Japan. Brave men ride into battle. 
fighting an evil emperor. With their only hope, a golden scepter that can open the gates of time itself. Now, in their darkest hour, come four brave fighters from another time, another place, another species. Expecting maybe uh, the Adams family? They're back. And they're back in time. Hey, Adams, check it out! We're in Shogun! Once before, demons defeated my ancestors. Now they've come back for me. Talk about your quantum leap! My cannons can destroy these monsters, my lord. Uh oh, this doesn't bode well. New Line Cinema presents Allegorama. The four greatest turtles. Hey, all right. Eh? It's not just a job, it's an adventure. Ever to go down in history. It's just your ordinary uh, time travel equal mass displacement kind of thing. Kids. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Help, I'm a turtle and I can't get up. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, directed by Stuart Gillard, was released in theaters on March 19th, 1993. It stars Elias Cotius, Paige Turco, Vivian Wu, Sab Simono, Stuart Wilson, and many others. It is the third film of the Ninja Turtles series. Now let me say something. <clears throat> First and foremost, I am a Ninja Turtles fan. Uh, what about you? What uh, before we get deep into our turtle fandoms? What what level of fandom or non fandom are you for Ninja Turtles? Um, I like the turtles. I was a huge fan of them as a kid. Saw the eighties cartoon a lot. Uh, played the NES uh, video game. Uh, that was the first video game I ever owned, actually. Uh, and uh, don't think I ever finished it though. It was pretty hard. <laughs> yeah well a lot of those nes games are just punishing yeah, i mean kids. you played that shit as a kid but uh i i'm not sure to what extent i could play them as an adult um in, in terms of skill not that they're necessarily all unplayable or anything uh yeah so after that i kind of took a big hiatus don't know that i ever really uh it, it was very i never really took the turtles with me from childhood you know i yeah. Red, once I started getting into comics, I was like, oh, hey, maybe I should read those black and white Eastman Laird comics, which I did. I, I read the original run. Um, but that's like 20 years after the fact, after my actual big right. kid turtle fandom. Um, and then I I saw that Turtles Forever movie, which I liked, with like the three uh, <laughs> Turtles No Way Home, basically. Uh, yeah, like Into the Turtleverse, yeah. essentially. <laughs> Um, was there another one? Uh, Batman and Nintendo, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I saw that movie, uh, which I thought was yeah. fun. Uh, I'm I thought that was probably of the uh, few people actually went to the cinema and paid for both of the Michael Bay produced <laughs> Turtles movies. Which <laughs> you and me, you and me, um, yeah. <laughs> which I which I actually liked liked well enough. Both of them. Um, 
so I, I I guess I guess you could say that I'm a casual Ninja Turtles fan. I like the concept, but I'm not really up, I'm not really abreast with what. Like I'm sure there's a current Turtles cartoon. Uh, I'm sure there there've been a bunch of Turtles cartoons since, uh, but haven't seen any of them since the '80s one. Um, haven't read any comics since the Eastman Laird run. Uh, I know there's a bunch, but so yeah, casual fan. How about you, Travis? Oh, I'm still a fan. I would still call myself a fan of this franchise. Like you and I are about the same age. So I think for us, like kids born in the mid to late 80s and then kind of getting a lot of their childhood years in the early 90s forward, those were like the prime Ninja Turtles years, basically. Like not only did you have the comic books going, but like you said, you had the uh, 80s cartoon on you had the live action movies coming out in theaters you had the video games on nintendo coming out and you had the you know the mountains and mountains of toys coming out and i ate all that up they were definitely one of my big things of my childhood i i even dressed up as a ninja turtle once at a birthday party or as at a halloween party at my school yes uh yeah uh kindergarten party i think yeah i i was i was dressed as Raphael. i i dressed as Raphael, even though he wasn't my favorite but i think Raphael was like the only costume available um but yeah i was so into it uh i watched the cartoon so much uh i saw i think i might have seen the live act the three original live action movies in theaters i don't have the clearest memory but i think i saw those in theaters definitely watched them a whole bunch when they were on vhs video oh yeah and, yeah i, I saw I, the turtle movie as well yeah <laughs> in the 90s yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and 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 i own such an exorbitant amount of ninja turtle toys i i own so many action figures I even owned the action figures when they were running out of action figure ideas. So it was like, here, here are the Ninja Turtles, and they, they're dressed up uh, like they're playing baseball. Or look, here are the Ninja Turtles, and uh, they're, they're dressed up as though they're going to a birthday party, <laughs> so they have clown costumes right, on. Right. <laughs> uh, I even remember they did like weird crossovers with other franchises for their action figures. Like they did Universal Monsters versions of the ninja <laughs> turtles like here's donatello as dracula and Raphael is the mummy uh they also did like a star trek line like look it's it's a uh, one of the turtles but dressed up like uh, spock right, yeah. and captain kirk and what <laughs> i ate all that shit up um i think and like i am still a fan to this day uh it is something that i i think i'm generally aware of the stuff that comes out but i don't always like tune into it like generally speaking if there's a movie then i'll go check out the movie so i did see the michael bay ninja turtles i saw that 2007 cgi movie that was just called tmnt saw that oh yeah i saw that um, one too with um yeah with the, with Sarah the Michelle that, Geller and Chris Evans as April uh, and, uh, yeah it had yeah. isn't that weird that Chris Evans was, Casey uh, Jones was Casey Jones <laughs> in a Ninja Turtles movie it's weird to think now um but yeah I think but yeah I uh, so it's something that kind of like you whereas like I don't 
necessarily check out every single thing that's Ninja Turtles branded. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely I like to keep yeah you know, I keep I like to keep my ear open because it's it's something from my childhood that I still have good nostalgic memory for, and therefore I do not mind it still being uh, something of a pop culture presence in my mind. Uh, in fact, there is a new movie. There's actually a weird amount of content coming out soon for Ninja Turtles. Like, uh, probably the biggest one is the uh, animated movie that's coming out soon from Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Seth Rogen and everything. Yeah, which yeah. Seth Rogen and uh, Jethro, who uh, one of the co-directors from the, uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines, I believe he's involved in that. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, I really like the Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah, definitely. Um, hot take about the Oscars, and which uh, I'm sure that's the only hot take you will ever hear about the Oscars. <laughs> uh, I think the Mitchells versus the Machines should have won Best Animated Feature. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I haven't seen all won. of them, so maybe that serious refugee animated movie should have won. But it was really funny because they had um, to present the award for Best Animated Feature. They had a bunch of the young voice actors from different animated movies come out to present it. And they made a very lame joke about like, ha well, we're going to do, here are the movies that you as adults are forced to see because your kids want to see it. Ha ha ha. They, you know, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Luca and, and Kanto. Right, right. But then like, yeah, flea <laughs> is, is one of the movies. Like, yeah, my kids want to see that. <laughs> my kids want to see this. The story about a man who had to do harrowing things just to <laughs> escape to escape a a dangerous country. Yeah, that's a, yeah. And again, I'm I'm sure that was the only uh, only controversial thing that happened that night. I sure can't remember another. Uh, I can't remember anything else. Um, but yeah, uh, what was I on? Yeah, so there's a weird amount of turtle stuff because I think people. I think at this point. Turtles is now just a uh, vet, like a veteran franchise at this point. Like it's gone the distance. Like it's done movies, it's done cartoons, it's done this and the, done that. So it's like uh, quote unquote proven its worth or proven its metal at least. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a brand yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, look and look, companies. That's the big thing these days. If there's a brand to it, we're gonna try to make uh, we're gonna try to make stuff out of it. As such was the year of 1993 when they released Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, um, which was uh, not obviously not the final Ninja Turtles movie, but definitely the final movie of sort of this run of Turtle films starting in 1990 with the original Ninja Turtles going into 1991 with uh, Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use, and then two years later with number three. And... Look, I gotta say this. Uh, this trilogy of movies, uh, of the movies I just listed, I will just have warm, nostalgic feelings about them. Um, we are going to talk about number three and all of its stuff, but like, I, you know, I, I am the type of, uh, well, I guess Turtles trash, I will say that, like, you know what? These three movies have many flaws to them. I will not deny that. But if I see them on a streaming service or a TV, 
I'm like, yeah, that's that that's the good stuff right there. That's the that's the good. That I'm not. I don't have a problem with those movies, even if for 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 movies that have many problems in them. I don't have personally any problem with them. Um, what what about oh, what about you in general with these Ninja Turtle movies from the nineties? Uh, well, it has been quite a while since I saw the first one, um, but I remember liking it as a kid and. Um, you know the the consensus on it is that it's pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I, I guess I'm positive. Um, as a kid, I remember Secret of the Ooze. Maybe I thought it was a bit, you know, being a sophisticated what ten year old or whatever. Uh, the like, <laughs> this is a bit too much for babies because you know Secret of the yeah. Ooze is definitely a bit more kid oriented or overtly kid oriented than. Um, these the first these ninjas would never yeah these ne- these ninjas would never do the ninja uh-huh. rap and never I, I think um because I think I rewatched I did rewatch that one like a year ago maybe two years ago and uh-huh. um yeah obviously it was very kid oriented but I thought it was funny and uh you know just as a as a as an you know obvious obvious bit of kid pandering thought it was was okay because you know it goes so hard in the opposite direction of you know whereas with the first one you could say like oh it's actually pretty hard for a kids movie and yeah. two is just so a kids movie with toka and Razar and vanilla ice and you know <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, oh yeah. sure it's, it's a big power rangers episode um yeah. and three i hadn't seen three in quite a while so obviously i rewatched it for this one i also had vague memory like i'd seen it as a kid i, I never really rewatched it um, and that one was one where I thought, um, I, I just wasn't very impressed, um, as a kid, you know, I, um, maybe because, you know, for more kid-like reasons than, more so than any actual movie quality reasons, like, hey, where, where Shredder or Krang, they're just fighting this boring British guy, and, you know, there's, they're not in New York, and, you know, there's, um, so like, mm, I was like, I don't know what, you know, what, it's not really cool or whatever. So it's not really, it's too, it's too different and weird for, uh, but you know, revisiting it for the podcast, I can say that, you know, it, it, um, it, it, it does something different. Uh, it fucking blows, but it does some, it does absolutely do something different. But uh, it it sucks on its on its own accord. It 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 doesn't suck because because it doesn't feature Shredder. It just uh, it's just poorly done all the way. <laughs> let's let's clear the air here. Uh, look, the Ninja Turtles track record with films very spotty, <laughs> but I would but yeah. I will say, even though I may put up a little bit of nostalgic defense for this film, that even considering Vanilla Eyes, considering the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles, this is the worst Ninja Turtles movie of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually remember thinking that, like, uh, um, you know, like, oh boy, you you have you have sympathy for it, for the turtles, uh, Lou. You really graded those Bay movies on a curve, but. <laughs> I was watching this one <laughs> yesterday, and I was like, "Fuck, the Bay movies are legitimately just a whole lot better than this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't think because I because you know you were there too, uh-huh. and people were like real nerdy mad about when the first Michael Bay 
Ninja Turtles movie came out like, uh, Megan Fox, uh, the designs look crappy, uh, and all this. And it's like, man, if you could, if you could get through Ninja Turtles three, this is fine. This, you know, whatever Michael Bay has in store for these Ninja Turtles, you know, it cannot compare to the depths that. Uh, that uh, feudal Japan had for the ninja. <laughs> I almost feel like we uh, we're, we're kind of going the same direction we did with Rise of Skywalker last time, where it's like, yeah, sure, like it's not as good as Last Jedi, but have you seen how deep Star Wars can go? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, these Bay Turtles may not be the best, but have you seen how deep this franchise can go? <laughs> This really is, I think, and I say this as someone, again, who, fan of the Turtles, still has nostalgic feelings for it, but this movie really is one of the nadirs <laughs> of, of the franchise. It really has to be just of how unfunny it is, <laughs> how unimaginative. I mean, you say, I mean, I know you were being nice with like, oh, it's at least doing something different with the time travel, but it's like, it is not very imaginative <laughs> with, the time, with the time travel at all. Um, of course, if for those who don't recall, this is the movie where the Ninja Turtles time travel back to feudal Japan. Um, I think even from the beginning of this movie, you, you get a sense that something is off. Like, the movie begins with the whole uh, attack, like they attack the uh, son of the daimyo. Yeah, the Kenshin. he's holding the yeah. scepter. And then, uh, the, uh, and then Vivian Wu... Uh, you know, intervenes in, you know, you're watching, it's like, okay, whatever, this is some whatever samurai movie opening, whatever. Uh, but then, like, it cuts to present-day New York in the sewer layer of the Turtles. And it just opens with them coming out, and they're dancing and doing ninjutsu moves to ZZ Top's Can't Stop Rock. Yeah, and it's just like, it just feels wrong somehow doesn't it it reminded me of the I, i'm not sure if if the, this predates that but it reminded me of that uh coming out of the shells tour oh <laughs> i mean it, i mean honestly if it if you had to compare it to another piece of turtle media it would be the coming out of their shells tour which oh my god that could be its own episode is this you're, you're a bigger turtle head than me is this does this predate that or does that predate? No, coming out of their shells was 1990. Ooh, okay. Um, and this was 93. But I mean, the, but okay, the costumes look like the coming out of their shells. <laughs> right. costumes. The, these costumes are so bad. Um, like, cause uh, the first two movies though were from Jim Henson, the the Henson Company, and look, I think I you know you know obviously animatronics have become more advanced since then but i still think that those turtle costumes in the first two movies i think they hold up i think they look really good and most importantly i think those two movies know that you need to uh kind of put those turtle costumes in dark lighting <laughs> many times which they do you not may, you know, do in this one <laughs> which they do not do so like uh there's a different company doing these turtle costumes and man can you not see the difference they are terrible yeah i did not read up on that beforehand but um I remember thinking during my viewing yesterday that, like, 
gee, I don't remember the pervasive feeling that the turtles fucking looked terrible in the previous one. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. and it's like the faces look so yeah. bad too. Like the eyes are too big. The, the um, mouth just kind of so- twitches when they talk. Yeah, especially I don't know what it is, but like Leonardo's head when it's a profile shot, like the mouth looks so extended from the <laughs> yeah. head. And then uh, it's funny. It didn't uh, occur to me till now, but you know how like there's this now kind of like a uh, criticism of uh, Cal Arts. Oh my god! Like the the Cal Arts smile. Yeah. Particular, particularly like how character how characters of this style have like big teeth. <laughs> like one tooth is the size of like three teeth. That's what the turtles <laughs> have in this movie. They have just big teeth with these jutting mouths. Um, like they're almost like sock puppet mouths. Like the they're, they're, the mouths are so extended. So like when the jaws are moving to talk, they look really weird. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that meme with the guy with the gla- like the the soy guy with the glasses. <laughs> and there's one of his expressions where he's super enthusiastic and he has the cow art smile. <laughs> oh my god, can't believe it. You know, the glasses guy. Yeah. It's like yeah. <laughs> Leonardo constantly has the enthusiastic soy guy smile. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He uh he wants a soy crust pizza, I guess, instead. <laughs> yeah, it, it's terrible. And also, like, going back to that opening, it, it it really feels like the opening with the Turtles feels real budget. Mm-hmm. Like, they like they can't afford to do, like, any fight sequences or anything interesting like that. So it's like, I don't know, just have the Turtles just, uh, just have the stunt people do a bunch of moves. And what and we and what can we afford? I don't know a ZZ Top song, I guess. Fine, that's whatever. It's the third one, you know. The these the babies are gonna force their parents to buy tickets anyway. Who cares? You know, it it just feels like a lazy opening, and it just sets the tone. I think for the rest of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. If not, like this, absolutely feels like, um, you know. Uh, Gabo saying this will hold the little SOBs, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. All the Ninja Turtle fans are SOBs. <laughs> Gabo, please. Kevin Eastman, please. <laughs> and no, the, the absolutely this 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 movie really feels condescending. It really feels oh just throw something together, the little, little fuckers they'll buy anything with the turtles on it. And it it really like the turtles kind of like stepping onto the stage to ZZ Top, like in in single file. It really feels like I don't know, like a, a theme park stunt show. Uh, like, yes, you know, yes. yeah, just yeah, yeah. like, hey, kids, you bought a ticket for the turtles. Here they are in the most, you know, just paraded out in the most unimaginative way. Um, yeah, yeah, here yeah. they are, and I think that you know, when I. When I put this movie on, like I wasn't doing it with a lot of high hopes, but like there's that <laughs> there's that opening shot with the four samurai against the rising sun. It's like okay, it's cliched, but okay, it's pretty evocative, I guess, with like the red filter. Mm-hmm. It feels like something. Yeah, it's like something. And they keep that feeling for about 
12 seconds. <laughs> it's like they, you get the, they, they just, for 12 seconds, you feel like you're watching a real yeah, movie. Exactly. <laughs> and, and they never, because I was thinking, like, you know, the idea of the turtles going back in time and, and, you know, wearing actual samurai suits and maybe doing a seven samurai with obviously four turtles. Um, and, you know, riffing on Kurosawa to, you know, uh, in, in, in kind of a Simpsons way where, you know, the Simpsons had like Orson mm-hmm. Welles gags and whatnot. You could, I think you could have done mm-hmm. something really fun with that and maybe have it be like Baby's First Kurosawa Tropes type of movie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they did not do that. <laughs> we don't have time to be riffing on Kurosawa when we're referencing Elvis and Blue Hawaii <laughs> and Clint Eastwood and the Adams family and all these timely references. I love that I love that April like buys Leonardo like a book on, on ancient weapons, but like Michelangelo gets a fucking lampshade. <laughs> I mean she knows like ah, this, this is ah, this stupid girl. <laughs> Michelangelo's a fucking this. idiot. He'll Don't. be happy with it. <laughs> <That's fucking laughs> you know, know I mean she knows these guys by now, like, oh man. I know. I, oh, I don't have to spend a lot for the dumb dumb. You know. <laughs> I have to say, I was um, at first when when April appears in the lair, I was like, "Whoa, mama!" Paige Turco is a lovely lady, and she's like wearing this um, really cool leather jacket uh, ensemble. So I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that's a pretty a pretty cool look." And a bit later, um, we you know the the time traveling lantern activates and she goes to 1603 and the prince comes to modern day new york and i was like now i get it like you know the whole concept is that you switch places and you know the april was wearing a um an, an oddly uh, sort of butch get up for April. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, because uh-huh. we didn't want it to be weird that the dude would end up yeah. in chick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's too weird. We could, we're okay with Michelangelo developing a crush. A human lady. That's, that's, that's okay. That's fine. But if the daimyo's son came back and he was in present day in women's clothing, that'd be too weird. <laughs> um, we have to draw the line, you know, obviously. <laughs> Um, it's weird. You brought up Paige Turco. This movie has a weird, it's, it's weirdly still in continuity cast wise with previous Mm -hmm. movies, but it sort of like picks and chooses. So like Paige Turco is returning as April because she's April in Secret of the Ooze. Um, it was Judith Hogan, the first movie, but Paige Turco, uh, remains, uh, the voice actors for Michelangelo and Leonardo are the same for all three movies. Um, Elias Cotius, who was Casey Jones. Jones in the first movie, comes back, weirdly comes back in, in, for this cheapo third mm-hmm. movie. In a double um, role. <laughs> and then, yeah. And, uh, oh, maybe, was that maybe the reason he came back? Was like, <laughs> just to be like, oh, yeah, I could play an English he man. He wanted to be a pirate, yeah. <laughs> Huh. Um, and then uh, most infamously, Corey Feldman, Donatello. who was the voice voice of Donnie in the first movie, comes back to do it in the third movie. Um, and then I heard a very funny rumor that he was paid only like a thousand and something dollar dollars to do eat to do the first turtles, mm-hmm. 
And then when he was asked to do the third one, they gave him the same rate. <laughs> and when he tried to push back, uh, the producers said, oh, no, well, guess what? You were in rehab when we offered you that money for the first movie, so you can take it or Oh, leave my it. God. And I guess he took it, so. <laughs> the sad tale of Corey Feldman. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Uh, but so it's very funny how, like, it weirdly still, for such a cheapo movie it still retains a good amount of right, cast right, right. on the previous two movies oddly enough um yeah oh i will say i bring it up elias Cotius as casey because elias because elias he's a he's a he's a really yeah, good absolutely, actor. Yeah. He's, um, yeah and i will say i do think one of the positives of this movie so when the turtles go back to time they switch places and they have a uh, four samurai uh-huh. men in present day and I have to say, if the movie has a positive at all, I think the scenes of Casey Jones and the Displaced Samurai are kind of funny. Yeah, like, they got a Bill and Ted atmosphere. Like, yeah, yeah, like the ones where it's like, oh, they learn hockey. But like, I think the moment where like he's trying to teach him hockey, but because they've only seen like hockey fights on TV, they just immediately start beating yeah, they think each other it's up. About the I violence. think that's like, yeah, yeah. I like that's like a legitimately like okay, that's yeah, funny. Right, right. That's actually like funny. <laughs> Or like later when they're in the club and they do the uh, oh okay we're ready to go nah yeah. <laughs> like, okay okay that that is like a joke that is a like a real joke um, honestly maybe this movie should have been more about that maybe it should have been more about Casey Jones and, and the, the samurai time displaced samurai yeah that could actually <laughs> might have been a better movie the only downside would you would have the only downside to that you would have had to see more of that awful splinter oh puppet. God. it's so like i think i noticed that like a minute into the movie i'm like oh boy splinter is only ever going to stand behind walls isn't he yeah exactly i mean like he was always he was always kind of like a more advanced muppet in the first two <laughs> movies but man it, it does he look terrible <laughs> he looks it looks it, it he just looks like a shag carpet <laughs> on some puppet rods and like the voice is even worse like look uh kevin clash former voice of elmo uh he does the voice of splinter and he is not japanese so you may question uh the his voice choice in those two <laughs> movies but it's even worse in this third movie with whoever they got for this voice you know it's, it's even just Oh, it's even more bottom of the barrel. Oh my goodness, that splinter puppet, terrible! Like he literally looks as if um, he literally looks as if he's behind an information desk half the time. Like he's got his arms rested on them. Oh. <laughs> Man, you know, you know what's the worst thing about the comedy in this movie too? Um, it's that uh, it's not only are the jokes bad, but you can tell also that uh, so much of the jokes like, OK, so like obviously when the turtles speak, that's uh, ADR later. That's the voice actors coming in in the post-production mm-hmm. phase and they're coming in and, and say, hey, you know, Master Splitter. <laughs> um, but it's also very obvious that they are trying to salvage this movie. So. Uh, when so not only are the voice actors saying dialogue when the turtles are talking on screen, but even if the turtles are off screen or their backs are to the camera, they're still talking and making like terrible jokes. I, I think that's ultimately what really pushed me off of the movie is that they they really are constant 
wall-to-wall shtick, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and it's so unfunny. It's, 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 it's like a bunch of fucking, you know, nine-year-old trying to riff on each other. And like, like, imagine, I'm, yeah. Imagine like the guy, the obnoxious guy in your office who thinks that he's the class clown mm-hmm. and then he decides to, and then just imagine four of them, and you're stuck in in feudal Japan <laughs> for ninety minutes. And yeah, seriously, and it, you mentioned uh, what, um, pop culture references, uh, Clint Eastwood, and like, yeah. At one point, I was even kind of in awe when he calls Walker uh, like, "Hey, look, Clint Eastwood," and I was like, "Why is he Clint Eastwood?" Because he's on a horse, <laughs> and, and don't you know Wester's dead? And then like Walker, yeah. I don't know, he shoots near him or something. He, he tries to shoot. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the thing. I remember um, actress Lauren Lapkus once made this observation that I never put together, uh, or she said this on a podcast once, which is uh, you can tell, especially in the '90s, or uh, what was she? What was the context? Um, in the '90s you can tell when things that are meant to be like cool hip things for kids are actually written by people in their 50s or their 30s because they will make references to things that they that these middle-aged men thought was cool back when they were younger but because they're writing things for the 90s they're like, oh, what do these kids like? Oh, okay, so we'll include references to Clint Eastwood and Shogun and Bonanza and ah, right? <laughs> and so it's like, this is a movie for babies. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know what the movie for babies <laughs> is supposed to do with these things. Um, yeah, and at one <laughs> and then Donatello, well, didn't look, didn't you love it? Didn't you love it when the Daimyo shows up with his army of soldiers and then Donatello just goes, you were expecting maybe uh, the Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that the wasn't that the greatest moment in uh, cinema history? Really, that was that was so great because uh, he was not expecting the Adams family. He would not have any reference for the Adams family. <laughs> so it's a it's a joke that works on many layers. <laughs> like Leonardo should have just turned toward Donatello and said, "No, he wasn't. You fucking idiot." <laughs> Oh, what's even better about that joke is if you notice, um, right after he says, right after Donatello says the line, Mike and Raph kind of nudge each other like, "Yeah, we we told him," <laughs> and it just makes it worse. Like, oh my god! <laughs> oh, and especially when they have Stuart Wilson trapped up on that scaffolding, and he's like, "We're turtles, pal. The teenage mutant right <laughs> Please fall. It's like yeah. It's like I think that that's supposed to be like a cheerworthy moment. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You obnoxious turtles. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, Stuart Wilson is in this fucking movie. Yeah, the villain of the Don Rafael Montero. <laughs> of Matt from Mask of Zorro. Lethal um, Weapon 3. Oh, wasn't he the... Yeah, Lethal Weapon 3 and... Uh, oh, he's in, he's, uh, he's in Hot Fuzz. He's the he's priest, one of the I members think. Of the NW- it, no. uh, oh, isn't he the doctor, just, actually? Well, uh, yeah, because yeah, the priest was Belloc. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, 
Does, do you think he regards Ninja Turtles 3 as his greatest villain role? Uh, you know, surely, <laughs> surely he must. I wonder. Yeah. I, He's like, oh, yes. Like, I had a bird. I remember my bird from Ninja yeah, Turtles. Yeah, which he 3. tries to escape with. <laughs> I, I, you know, I legitimately wonder if he remembers making that. <laughs> like, and I don't mean that in a, ooh, he was on drugs, but more like. You know that this is this movie slides right the fuck off you. I wonder if making it was a, you know, if you weren't stuck in a turtle suit, if it was an equally forgettable experience. Like if this was just like the easiest paycheck in the right, world, right, right. because he had he done Lethal Weapon three. No, I don't. Mm, in nineteen ninety three, it's gonna be touch and go. I think in ninety three, right? Well, uh, oh. Hmm. Was he making that maybe around the same time then? Huh. What would it? What What was a more pleasant atmosphere than Ninja Turtles three or having to work with Mel Gibson? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see, Open three was in. Let's check it out. Come on, Lethal Open three. Nine ninety two. Awesome. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> okay, he had already done that movie. <laughs> then he did Turtles three. He had to think for threes, yeah. I guess. Gotta do him in threes. And he was a he was a weapons dealer too, because he's the armor piercing cop killing bullets. <laughs> oh yeah. What if what if the Ninja Turtles and the Lethal Weapon movies actually exist in the same and universe and those two characters are related? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, into the Turtleverse indeed. What if Riggs and Martar like they're they uncover like those scrolls that have the Ninja Turtles <laughs> on them? <laughs> Like, oh, Riggs, look at this. We got them cr crazy Ninja Turtles on this. I can't believe this, man. <laughs> and he goes, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> And then Joe Fetch is like, ah, what the fuck? Isn't there fucking Ninja Turtles on here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to summon a copper into my apartment. What's a copper? It's, it's a Japanese demon. You don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> These are the worst lethal weapon impressions ever. <laughs> uh, can't be any worse than lethal weapon four. Anyway, ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Turtles three. <laughs> uh, what else is terrible about this movie? Um, um I love that the um, <laughs> like I have to, I have to admit, I was. <laughs> I was I was kind of bad movie charmed at that bit uh, where like they're trying to figure out what happened like oh uh, April disappeared and you know this guy appeared and like Donatello kind of figures out that it's a you know it's a magic whatever lantern and he does this by just sort of typing at it with the computer <laughs> <laughs> with like this makeshift. You know, a computer that I'm sure he probably, you know, dumpster dived yeah. and found in store. And he's just like, dip, 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 type, 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 type. Oh, yeah, magic lantern. Yeah. And it's equal mass displacement. And, okay. yeah. <laughs> and he literally, like, he literally fucking, he figures out magic with a computer. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that make him one of the most brilliant minds in history, essentially? Yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, I guess he is. I mean, I guess he is historical, though. He's a, yeah, he's a Don Fellow. Fuck you, Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. This guy is way better. Yeah. 
Whoa, does that mean that the Renaissance artists took their names from the Ninja Whoa. Turtles and not the other way around? Mass displacement <laughs> Whoa, chicken or the egg? Uh, egg and the turtle? What? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, this movie's not good. I do still love it, though. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's... I definitely can recall a lot of dialogue from that from this movie. Um, that's terrible. I, mean, I, I guess um, I must too, because like when you talked about the fucking Adams family and Clint Eastwood jokes, I immediately knew what you were talking about. So <laughs> I, I guess there, well, there's something like remarkable about their terribleness. <laughs> it's timeless. The, the humor of Ninja Turtles three is timeless. <laughs> uh. Oh, I want to bring up this little side thing. Mm. Uh, okay, this is okay. I this may seem like a long tangent road, but I am going somewhere. Okay, curious. Okay, okay. So, I obviously talked about how much I loved the Ninja Turtles when I was mm-hmm. young, but you know what I also really liked when I was younger? Nineties Eurodance music. <laughs> yes, and you know. This movie will hook you up. Okay, so I want to talk about that. <laughs> so, like, like, look, 90s Eurodance is not, uh, is not a music genre that has much depth to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have a lot of sn- music snobs go like, oh, pop music, that's not real music. Or, or, or rap music, that's not, that doesn't have much substance. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are a bunch of old biddies with snobby tastes. But, you know, 90s Eurodance, it's hard to defend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, artistic merit, but I can't help it. I love it. You know, what it, when, you know, Rhythm of the Night, uh, Another Night, uh, Cotton Eye Joe, <laughs> Mr. Vane, mm-hmm. I've Been Thinking About You. I love all of these songs. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I wonder if my love of that music, aside from just nostalgically, that was like one of the preeminent music genres of the 90s. I also wonder if it originated from my love of the original Ninja Turtles movies. And in particular, I want to bring up one artist that has a weird through line through the Ninja Turtle franchise. Okay. And that is the artist, uh, or two artists, I have to say, Technotronic and Ya Kid K. Ya Kid K. Oh, they're Belgian, I believe. Are they? I yeah, I think they are Belgian. Oh, or puppy, yeah. Puppy, yeah. Oh. yeah. If you don't recognize those names, yeah, that that is probably their most uh, famous and old. Pump up the jam, pump it up. Why your feet are stomping. The crowd yeah, is look, jumping. Look, if you've been to a sports arena or a club, you have heard pump up the jam, mm-hmm. basically. And weirdly enough, these artists do have a history through the Ninja Turtle franchise. So, starting in the first movie, back in 1990, on that soundtrack, you have the song Spin That Wheel. Mm-hmm. Now, that is credited to High Tech 3 featuring Ya Kid K. Now, I don't exactly know why, but High Tech 3 is a pseudonym for Technotronic. Mm-hmm. Um and Spin That Wheel is actually a song that Technotronic had put out before the release of Ninja Turtles. But then when they were assembling the soundtrack, they picked it up and then repackaged it as a soundtrack single for Ninja Turtles. Okay. 
Um, and yeah, Ya Kid K is a is a solo artist, I believe, still recording to this day, but often is the vocalist for a lot of technotronic songs. Mm-hmm. So, spin that wheel. Originally, a high tech three song that then became repackaged for the 1990 Ninja Turtle soundtrack. Then, following in 1991 with Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use, you have the song on the soundtrack, Awesome, You Are My Hero, credited to Ya Kid K. It is not a Technotronic song. Uh, Ya Kid K is working with a different producer, but this is a song that it does play during the credits of Turtles 2. <laughs> and then following through with Ninja Turtles 3, you have Rockin' Over the Beat, which uh, was not made for Ninja Turtles 3, but is a song from their original album, Pump Up the Jam from 1989, Rockin' Over the Beat. That is another Technotronic song with vocals by Ya Kid K, and that is the song where that plays over the credits as the turtles are dancing around. <laughs> And I have, I gotta say, I, I kind of love it. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I did. I, I'll, I'll say that I generally kind of enjoyed this. Um, the the needle the, the nineteen extremely nineteen ninety two needle drops of uh, of this movie. Uh, yeah, you got rocking over the beat. You have Tarzan boy ball ball uh, by Baltimore. Uh, 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 <laughs> I mean that's all. That also speaks to the cheapness of this movie, right? Because the previous two movies, uh, you know, like the first movie had that song "Turtle Power" uh, by Partners in Crime, and then the second movie had "Ninja Rap" by Vanilla Ice. So uh, you had music made specifically for those soundtracks. But then, yeah, this third movie is like, okay, what? Uh, ZZ Top song, uh, Technotronic <laughs> song, uh, Tarzan Boy. Uh, what can we get? What can we get? <laughs> Although, amazingly, all three movies share the same composer, Mr. John Dupree, mm-hmm. um, who later has uh, later went on to become a very uh, prominent uh, composer for Broadway. Oh, that's cool. Uh, most famously, a collaborator with Eric Idle for the Monty Python musical Spamalot. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a, t- a Tony Award winning uh Tony, Tony award-winning uh, <laughs> music man, and uh, right, right. All, he got his start thanks to Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh wait, I actually recall this. There's a a few years ago, there was this six-hour documentary called Monty Python: Almost the Truth, and and they interview like a whole bunch of different people involved in Monty Python, including John Dupree. And I remember <laughs> they asked him about John the Dupree, Ninja Turtle score. <laughs> Oh, here's the funny thing. John Dupree, I remember, is being interviewed in a loft that he bu- he just built for uh, composing music. And in his loft, which has different instruments in it, there's also posters for the different shows he's worked on. And in the corner, there's a Ninja Turtles poster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah, John Dupree. Hey, look, everything's going to become a musical these days. So if Ninja Turtles the musical ever happens, I think John Dupree needs to come back. Yeah, I think the turtles need to be musically redeemed after they they could have so much more to their to their repertoire than coming out of their shell. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you want to know some more fun trivia? Mm-hmm. Uh, despite this movie being so bad, 
they did have plans for a fourth movie. I'm sure they scrapped it once the uh, once the box office returns <laughs> came in for the first weekend. Yeah, or maybe they thought they were so they reached the pinnacle of artistic merit that they couldn't uh, reach it anymore. Oh, it's it's weird though because um, so there's this YouTube channel called the Old Turtle Den, and they do video and they appear to do videos about uh new news developments with the franchise or odd bits of trivia about the franchise and they have a video that's all about what would have been the fourth live action into turtles movie okay what would uh what they have their sleeve well interestingly enough there seemed to have been at the time two possible stories they could have gone for uh so the two so the first idea that i guess was proposed for ninja turtles 4 was an idea called the next mutation Mm -hmm. and that uh and if the next mutation sounds familiar it's because later on when saban entertainment made a live action ninja turtles series they would call it ninja turtles the next mutation so there you go but the next mutation would have been about the literal next mutation that the mutagen in the turtles in splinter would have kept mutating the turtles so that they would now get like new powers or new abilities and they would uh have like new appearances mm-hmm. okay like there would be the the next evolution in their in their mutation essentially mm-hmm. yeah right like when spider-man turns into man spider exactly i mean i'm sure also this probably would have been an idea cooked up to sell more action figures but <laughs> hey we're you know whatever Gotta keep it toyetic and then there was an idea that apparently has a full screenplay out there in the wild somewhere uh-huh. and a script called The Foot Walks Again. Okay. <laughs> and in and in this concept, the turtles would have opened up a uh, a uh, portal to alternate dimensions. No so they would have had to Yeah, so they would have gone into like parallel dimensions and encountered weird characters. Uh-huh. Uh, at one point, they would have had to team up with uh, an evil version of April O'Neil and an evil version of Casey Jones <laughs> from another dimension. Uh, but it, the most interesting idea from the Footwalks again was it would have introduced the fifth Ninja Turtle, who they would have pulled from another dimension, and his name would have been Kirby, named after the comic artist Jack Kirby, who Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird had always looked up to. Okay. Not the ghost. (laughs) So not the the ghost? You know the ghost? The Nintendo ghost? He sucks things up? (laughs) He's not a ghost. Is Kirby not a ghost? (laughs) Kirby's not a Kirby. Kirby's a he's a he's a pleasant little pink fellow. He's not dead. (laughs) I always thought he was a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) He's not no. Well, uh nope, he's not a ghost. He just likes to suck Yeah. He just likes to put things in his mouth. He's in mouth. Did you know that in the newest game, he has mouthful mode? How, how does that he work? He puts things in his mouth. Uh, he puts things in his mouth and he becomes that object, like a car. That's cool. <laughs> I, guess. I guess that is also beyond um, the scope of ghost ghostliness. <laughs> well, egg on my face. Kirby is not wow, a ghost. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope if uh, listeners learned anything, it's that Kirby <laughs> is not a ghost. Okay, so what's up with um, Turtle Kirby? Uh, I think that video that the old Turtle Den has more ideas because it uh, uh, the 
the that video actually pulls together a lot of concept art that they found and whatnot. So um, I think it just would have looked like a turtle, but like maybe more alien-like. I think mm-hmm. possibly because it came from another dimension. Uh, but yeah, no, no, no Kirby the no Kirby the turtle. Sorry. Yeah, imagine the ZZ Top song they they could have uh, danced to uh, in that in that next movie. Who knows? But we have to get back to Turtles three. <laughs> unfortunately, and you know what? I unfortunately, and uh, uh, I mean, do you have? Uh, I mean, before we get to the final question, is there any ran- other random thoughts you have about Turtles three? Can you tell me what the Daimyo wanted? <laughs> like he's he... bad wants to do war but like against who why <laughs> i mean it seems like he is he's feuding with the family of the village uh-huh. um but but if like the daimyo's son <laughs> and that lady uh if they get married or something then that brings peace i guess uh okay <laughs> um uh look war's bad everybody just don't war and guns are bad and that's what uh that's what they want yeah, to yeah, let everybody I, know. I would say i would say so. um, <laughs> <laughs> how about you travis you um, have any last thing to no i guess i don't have anything i mean i do uh uh, I think it's very funny that Viv- uh, Vivian Wu, uh, I remember being in this movie, and then I saw, um, she was in a movie I saw later on in my adult life called The Pillow Book. Oh, she um, was in that? Yeah, it, her and uh, Ewan McGregor, and it's about body painting, and uh, oh my goodness, it is not a, not a movie for babies, I'll say that. <laughs> I remember it, I remember it, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's her. Um, oh, I looked this up real quick to see, like, what's old Vivian Wu doing these days? Uh, she's still acting. And in fact, I did not watch this, but she was in uh, that Netflix show, Alone. That was a sci-fi show with Hilary Swank. Um, Vivian Wu's in that, apparently. Okay. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, good for her. Nice. Uh, good good on her that she's still working. Good for her. Hopefully she has warm feelings about Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> Or unless you know being hit on by michelangelo you know maybe Mike, maybe there was the lead scene where michelangelo does paints kanji on her back erotically what's the kanji for peanut butter banana pizza <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness ah uh, this movie okay so <laughs> I think we're I think we're I think we're done with this movie, but <laughs> we need to put the final bow on this presence that is known as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. So, Luana, give us your final thoughts by answering the final question, the ultimate question of this podcast: Is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three a trash movie? Yes, the purest sense of the word. It is absolutely something cranked out by uh, you know corporate rights holders with no um, with no feeling towards bringing a story to the screen that was in any way meant to be enjoyable beyond the most facile uh, and least developed children's brains 
possible. Like you can make something for kids, obviously, uh, but that doesn't mean it doesn't it can't be funny or exciting or emotional. And this was none of those things. And more uh, more dramatically, it does attempt to be funny almost constantly, and it is utterly exhausting. Um, it, I mean, in a way, it was fun, I guess, because I, I was I was constantly impressed at how at how bad these 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 four shtick comedians could get. Uh, but uh, oh boy, yeah, this is trash. Uh, what do you think, Travis? Oh, I will a hundred percent agree with you. This is a trash movie through and through. I think even the most hard. I mean, I don't know, no, but I think even the most hardcore. <laughs> of turtles fans would have a hard time defending this movie this particular movie it is very it is very dire in its filmmaking and its humor and uh, and just all aspects of it but hell you know what um you know the thing about nostalgia and the thing about childhood nostalgia is that you can hopefully have a healthy uh you know, a healthy handle on the silly things that you cherish as you were a child and look and you can look back at that, you know, with a proper adult eye, a proper eye to be like, you know what? Those things were stupid. Those things were very silly. But at that moment in time, they gave me a wonderful memory and a wonderful time. And I think that is maybe the most healthy way of having nostalgia without getting with it without getting too lost in your head about these things. So yes, I cannot defend Turtles Three to be any type of secretly good movie or secretly fun movie. It's definitely one where you have to be of a certain type of fan or hell, a certain type of child of the '90s to have any type of appreciation for. But you know what? I can think of the final shot of Turtles 3, and it's those terrible third-rate costumes <laughs> dancing around to Technotronic <laughs> music. And when I think of that, it genuinely gives me warm And you know what? Mm -hmm. As a child of the 90s, to paraphrase the children of today, it may be a trash movie, but it is my kind of trash. Aww. That's pretty wholesome. And uh, I think, yeah, and I think uh, that's maybe the most wholesome way you can maybe put the final marking on this movie. And uh, yeah, that was our discussion on Turtles 3. So we'll be back in two weeks on Monday to, ha to discuss another trash movie. And we probably should discuss that trash movie that we'll be discussing on our new episode in two weeks. And um, uh, I, I, Luana, I... I did not hate the movie. It's not true. It, it, it's bullshit. I did not hate the movie. <laughs> I did not. Oh, oh, hi, Luana. I think that the more film savvy of our listeners know what you're on about. <laughs> What's a story, Luana? <laughs> Even I, who I have not yet seen uh, next uh, week's film, uh, <laughs> know what you're talking about. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute you haven't wait, wait a minute you haven't seen the movie you betrayed me <laughs> you're, you're not good you're, you're just a little chicken cheap 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 <laughs> you, you are tearing me apart Luana 
see well uh, oh my god oh my oh my god uh, i'm sorry about that uh oh i just had a outburst um i think i think i've been just stuck in this room too much to uh to, it's all gotten to my brain wait a minute the room uh-huh. oh my god are we actually talking about that Next episode, Are we talking about the Brie Larson Academy Award nominee. Oh no, wait! <laughs> oh no, got to put that article in front of it. Nope, nope, nope. Um, weirdly enough, do more people remember the room than Brie Larson's Academy Award-winning room? Maybe. You know what? I <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, but you haven't seen the room. No, I've I've yet to watch it for our next episode. Like you know all the memes, you know all the references. Yeah, like literally I've not seen the movie in- literally everything you said just now, I, I knew exactly like I can picture why so making the faces that go with those those lines, but no, I've never seen the movie. Wow, that's a that'll be a very interesting thing to something that is so what it might be the most infamously bad movie of the twenty first right. century mm-hmm. and to see what your yeah, I mean, obviously, you being so overly familiar with it through os- cultural osmosis, but uh, I have not examined the piece of art from Tommy Wiseau itself. Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll be an interesting time. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that, uh, hopefully, uh, y'all will be joining us as we discuss uh, the room. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at trash movie pod you can email us at trashmoviepod at gmail.com and if you're feeling especially nice and generous you can give us a five star rating and review on apple podcast and spotify in two weeks our episode on the room but until next time the defense rest see ya see you next time <laughs>